0: I remember uh, Mike, whenever we, after we moved here, he did something I'd never, ever seen done before. He had a singing sermon. And I thought, I, have, I just didn't know you could do such a thing. I didn't know that was allowed. And, uh, and so I really appreciate Mike always and his out-of-the-box thinking. And I know you appreciate it too. Uh, he can't be with us tonight. He's holding a meeting over in Abilene. But I thought tonight what we would do is we would sing praise with Brother Tillett S. Tedley. Now we are not singing praise to Brother Tedley. We are using Brother Tedley to help us as we worship God tonight. And so I wanna begin by just telling you just a few things about Brother Tedley. And I know, uh, I hope you can see that on the screen okay, but what an interesting life Brother Tedley lived. Brother Tedley was born in Swan, Texas, and I had no idea where Swan, Texas was, so I had to look it up. But Swan, Texas is over just north of Tyler, over in East Texas. Little tiny town, and so here's a man who's born in a little tiny town, and yet would accomplish many, many great things. Brother Tedley was baptized at the age of 18, and it is said that in that same year that he obeyed the gospel, that he would conduct his first two-week singing school, and for the next 61 years, he would spend a great deal of time traveling all over the country conducting singing schools. He loved music, and he loved to teach people how to sing. He, uh, he loved to teach people about shape notes, and that's not something we talk about a lot anymore, but it helped people, and it helped us to be able to sing and worship to God. Over the course of his life, he would compose 130 different songs, and he would publish a total of 14 different song books. Now, 12 of his songs are in the song books that we have in the pew there in front of you, and we're not going to sing all 12 of those tonight. To be honest with you, I don't know all 12 of those. But we are going to use uh, exclusively tonight in our worship, we're going to use songs written by Brother Tedley. Now, you can see when he was born, and you can see on the screen when he died. He was born in 1885, and he died in the year 1987. In the year 1985, the first week of June, there were many churches of Christ across the country and even around the world who, in honor of Brother Tedley in his 100th birthday, sang Tillet S. Tedley songs in a worship service. Now, I knew that date, and I don't know if... I'm not gonna be here the first week of June, or I might have waited, but uh, but it worked out tonight to be able to do that. But Brother Tedley passed away at the age of 102. That's a long life. He lived a very long life, a very fruitful life. And here is a young man who was born in Swan, Texas, little tiny town in East Texas, and received a telegram from President Ronald Reagan. On his 100th birthday, because of his songs, because he was so well known for the songs that he composed, the songs that he wrote, songs for century for a long time, over a century, have uh, have helped us in our worship to God. And so tonight, uh, again, just using Brother Tedley's songs, we're going to we're going to sing. And what I want to do tonight is really to split our service up into three three parts, using three different words. And again, we're going to use Brother Tedley's songs, but we're going to study from God's word and then we're going to sing. And I hope that as we put the two together, uh, I hope this is true all the time, but what I really want tonight is for us to really focus especially on the words that we're singing. Brother Tedley helps us with this. And so tonight I want to begin by just thinking about worship. That's what we're here to do, right? And Waylon did a good job of reminding our young people, this is why we're here. This is what we're here to do tonight is to worship God. And so Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 24 that God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so Jesus says, look, there are three aspects, three elements of true worship. Number one, it requires worship being in the right direction. Now, I love to sing, and I hope you know that by now. I never got to lead singing before I moved here. I was always preaching, and so I didn't get to lead singing. But I really enjoy it. I really love singing. I know it's not the same passion for everybody, and you don't love it as much as, as maybe others might. But you know the Bible has a lot to say about the importance of our singing. In Ephesians 5.19, the Bible says that this is how we speak to one another. In worship, we speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, and we sing with melody in our heart to the Lord. And then Paul said in Colossians 3 and verse 16 that it's in our singing that we teach and admonish one another. It's very difficult to teach and admonish if you don't sing, if you don't move your lips. It's incredibly difficult to do that, actually. And we know that we're here, we're teaching, and we're admonishing, we're edifying, we're building up. We are speaking to one another. But ultimately, we're speaking to God, aren't we? Ultimately, that's why we're here. He is the object of our worship. So open your Bibles to Nehemiah. Go all the way back to Nehemiah. and Think about these words. And I'm not going to start at the beginning of Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 5 because you're going to get hung up on these names and I, and I butcher them. So I'm not going to start at the beginning. But I am going to say that these are words of the Levites and these are directed to God. And this is what the people understood. The people of God, this is what they understood about God. And tonight, this is what you and I need to understand about God. They said, stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. Tonight we join the host of heaven in singing praise to God. We're here to worship God, and I hope that You're not here for any other reason than to worship God. That's why we gather. And Jesus says that God has to be the right object of our worship. But Jesus also says in the very same verse, the second element that's important is worshiping God in spirit. And that is with the right attitude. You sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord. We're here tonight to offer God, the right object of our worship, heartfelt praise. We're not here to be seen. We're not here to see. We're not here just to see friends. We're not here just to to, uh, socialize. We're here to offer our God heartfelt worship. And I hope every time we assemble that that's the thinking that we have in our minds because that is the right element of worship. And then Jesus says, of course, you must also worship God in truth. And that is according to his instructions, according to his pattern." And so tonight, that's exactly why we have assembled. And so let us sing the first verse of Oft We Come Together and think about what Jesus has to say. Oft we
1: come together, oft we sing and pray.
0: Now, before we sing this next song, turn over to Revelation chapter 5. Don't you love Revelation chapter 5? Here is is John. And John has been offered an insight, an open door up into heaven. And it's interesting, as you go through chapter 5, John is simply writing down whatever he sees. And so in verse number 1, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll. I'm just telling you what I see. In verse number 2, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And you continue on in verse number 6, And I looked and beheld, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain. That's what I'm seeing. John's just writing down, this is what I see. In verse number 8, Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And he talks about the song that they were singing. And then, verse number 11. Then I looked and I heard see the senses that John is imploring here and using. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power, be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. I believe it is these words that Brother Tedley had in mind as he wrote the, wrote the notes, wrote the words to Worthy Art Thou. Think about what we have just read. This is what John said, I saw happening in heaven, and you and I are privileged to see and hear what is happening in heaven. And we're, we're privileged to sing songs of praise to the same Lamb. Let's sing. Worthy of praises, Christ
1: our Redeemer, worthy of glory, honor, and power, worthy of all our souls that Worthy art thou, worthy art thou, worthy of riches, blessings and honor, worthy of wisdom. voice in praise and devotion. Saints of all earth before him should bow. Angels in heaven worship him, saying, Worthy art thou.
0: worship to God who is worthy of all praise and honor we have this opportunity to pray in private and public worship may we never ever take for granted and be most thankful for an opportunity to pray to God and after the singing of this song we'll be led in our next prayer brother Tedley wrote this one in 1923 speaking to God hear me when I call think about that as we sing this song Hear me when I call, O
1: God, my righteousness. Red.
2: Father, we come to you at this time in all of who you are, thanking you for this very avenue of prayer where we can approach your throne with boldness. May we never take for granted how special it is to be able to meet with loved ones, with friends, with our brothers and sisters together to worship you in spirit, and in truth. What a very special congregation we have here. So much love, so much concern for one another, so much friendship, and so much willingness to obey your truth. How special that is. May we never take that for granted. Father, we know that we have many that are sick in our congregation, and we know that you know who they are, and we pray for them. We pray for Bob and Darby as they start their new journey, and we're going to miss them, but we know that they will be an asset in your kingdom wherever they go. Father, thankful for this time tonight and open up your word to be encouraged by a song. We're thankful for our voices that we can sing and praise you. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for Lynn and Terry. We're thankful for their courage and their conviction to lead in truth and not only in truth, but to lead in love in sincerity and meekness with concerns for every soul. We ask that you continue to be with them, give their bodies energy, give their mind clarity, give them the wisdom that they need to guide this flock. Father, we love you so much, and we're thankful for all the blessings in our life, Tonight, as we think about singing and offering up praise, we think about James five thirteen, and it says, if anyone among you suffering, then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. And Heavenly Father, we have much to be cheerful for. And just like Adam alluded to this morning, it's not just happenstance or happiness, but it is a joy. It's that hope, that confident expectation that we know that we will be with you in heaven someday. Help us to always keep that at the front of our mind. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Clearly, Brother Tedley was thinking about worship often in the songs that he wrote. But there's a second word that I want us to think about and consider for a few moments tonight. And that is the word redemption. Again, it was something that we alluded to and talked some about this morning. But I think it is important for us to come back and always have in our minds the price that was paid for our salvation. What are we doing here tonight? And why are we living this life? And what is it that we're anticipating? Well, we're here to worship God, and we're here to thank Jesus for what he did in offering himself in our place. And because of what he did, we have the anticipation of going to heaven, right? That's all because the price was paid, and that is the word redemption. The price was paid for our salvation. The, the debt was, was taken care of. It was paid in full. Jesus came and he offered his father exactly what was required for our sin. He took our place. And it is important for us to think about redemption and the price that was paid. Ephesians 1 and verse 7 makes it so plain, doesn't it? Ephesians 1 and verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Jesus came and he paid the price and he allows us now to have the hope of going to heaven because the price was paid for our sin, not his, but for ours. You go to Hebrews chapter 9 and the writer of Hebrews in verse number 11 says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, But with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Angels are singing Redemption's sweet song. It's one of my very favorite. Brother Tedley wrote it in 1923. Angels are singing Redemption's sweet song. Let us sing it together.
1: Angels are singing Redemption's sweet song. Wonderful theme, glorious theme. Shout the glad message and join in the throng, singing redemption song. Sing the sweet story, redemption sweet They bring singing redemption song, sing the sweet story, redemption sweet song. up there, wonderful theme, glorious theme, soon we shall join with the angels so fair, singing redemption song, sing the sweet story.
0: Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's see how Peter words it. We'll be reminded anyway of how Peter says it. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, writing to Christians, Peter says, Knowing that you were not redeemed, there's our word, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. as of a a lamb without blemish and without spot. Paul would say in Romans chapter 5 that this is the depth of God's love. This is how we know. This is how God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ came and he paid the price. It was with his blood that the price was paid, a price that you and I, frankly, could not pay. We owed it, but we could never pay it. Praise God that Jesus was willing to come and give his life in our place. The debt for my sin was all paid through his suffering on Calvary. Before we partake of the Lord's Supper tonight, we'll sing, "O oh, the Depth and the Riches, written by Brother Tedley in 1938. Will you please think about redemption as you sing these words? Oh,
1: the depth and the riches of God's saving grace flowing down from the cross for me. There the debt for my sins by the Savior was paid in his suffering on Calvary. Oh, the depth of such wonderful love flowing boundless and full and free. And the depth... All paid in his suffering on Calvary. How my heart humbly bows in his presence today when I think of his agony. By his stripes I am freed from the bondage of sin through his suffering on Calvary. Oh, the dead. Flowing boundless and full and free. And the debt for my sins was all paid. In his suffering on Calvary. Oh, what marvelous mercy, what infinite love. What immeasurable grace I see. By his blood I am cleansed, I am happy and free. Through his suffering on Calvary. Oh, the depth of such wonderful love, flowing boundless and full and free. And the debt for my sins was all paid in his suffering.
3: anyone that needs the emblems this evening, just raise your hand and one of the men in the back will will bring them your way. Uh, very, very well put, Adam. That was a great reflection to to be able to think about this and, and leading into this moment and this opportunity we have at this time to reflect on Jesus and what he did for each of us and to see the love and how everything that he he paid for us to to pardon us of our sins, and so we have this opportunity now to reflect on that, and then also to obey His commands when He told us to do this in remembrance of Me in Luke twenty-two nineteen. So, as we as we read in the songs that Jesus endured more suffering than in agony than any of any of us could really imagine, and He was mocked, He was beaten, He was shamed, He was betrayed, and on the cross of Calvary He He freely and willingly sacrificed his life for all mankind. As a result, many will be saved eternally because of this. One of the things I wanted to point out is in in John 15 and verse 13, Jesus would tell us that greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. So here we we can see what Jesus, how he thinks of us and how much he cares for us. And, and what better way, what better way to show us than to lay down his own life for us. So at this time, we had the opportunity to remember him who, who made, made the greatest sacrifice for us. We have the opportunity to show our obedience, our honor, our love for Jesus, and our gratitude towards him for the sacrifice so that we would have the hope of eternity in heaven. And as Brother Adam mentioned this morning, you know, the, the joy that we have that's awaiting us for the riches in heaven so at this time uh let's let's go to our father in prayer for the bread our loving heavenly father we're so grateful so thankful so humbled to be able to come to you in prayer father so thankful for this opportunity we have at this time to be able to assemble with one another to partake in this communion with one another father and we're so thankful for this opportunity we have to reflect upon your son and everything he's done for us. Laying down his life for us, being willing to to come down from glory, Father, knowing the suffering that he would endure, but doing so because of how much he loved us, Father. We're so thankful for that. And we're thankful for this time we have to partake of the bread, Father, which represents his body that was given for us, Father. We pray that As we partake, Father, that we do so in a manner that is pleasing unto thee. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's continue. Our loving Heavenly Father, we again, we are just so thankful to be here on this beautiful Lord's Day you blessed us with and thankful for this time we have to remember, remember Jesus, remember the sacrifice and everything that he did for us, Father, his willingness to shed his blood and, and to sacrifice himself to, so that his blood could cleanse us and wash away our sins, Father. So that we can have the hope of eternity in heaven with you, Father. We're so thankful for that. We're, we're so thankful for the love he had for us and the and the way in which he was able to show it, Father, and being willing to endure what he endured for us. Father, as we partake of this fruit of the vine which represents his blood that was shed for for us, we pray that as we partake, Father, that we do so with a in a manner that's pleasing unto thee. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Separate from the Lord's Supper, if if you would like to give back the trays are in the back of the building, or you're able to give online if, if you would like. Thank you.
0: We've discussed worship and redemption, and I appreciate, Brother Darrell, you assisting and helping us in our worship as we think about Jesus again. Tonight, the final word I want us to consider is the word choice. The word choice, and I think, again, this comes through in the, the songs that Brother Tedley composed and we know and sing today. The word choice, you know, it's a choice that we have to be here today. You made a choice And you say, well, this is where I am every Lord's Day. Well, it doesn't have to be. You have a choice. You could be any number of places today, but you've chosen to be here. And you've chosen to be here, I hope, to worship God in spirit and in truth. Redemption, you know, Jesus had a choice. He chose to do his Father's will. He said the scripture had to be fulfilled. He had to do it a certain way. But he had a choice, and we need to remember that he made the choice to come down. And to live the perfect life and to die for us because a ransom had to be paid. And he knew he was the only one who could do it. But to be saved is a choice. To be obedient to God is a choice. And it's a choice that you and I are making. It's a choice that, that we have every day that we live, every day that God blesses us with. We have a choice. What will we do with this day? And will we live in obedience to God? It's all, it always is a, is a choice, and the Bible makes it clear that he's given us the power to choose. Every one of us has the power to choose. That's why Joshua challenged the people of God so many years ago in Joshua 24 and verse 15. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You can serve the gods of the Amorites. You can serve the gods that our fathers served on the other side of the river. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It was a choice that Joshua made, and it's a choice that you and I get to make as well. Every day that God blesses us with, we we get a choice to make. But I want to remind you of something that the Bible just doesn't mince any words about. It's not something that we have to guess about. It's, It's something the Bible says definitely all of us are going to face one day. In Romans chapter 14 and verse 12, the Bible says that we will all, catch it, all give account of ourselves to God. That's not a maybe. That's going to happen. We are all going to stand in the judgment seat. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10, we are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And it will all be laid out. Our lives will be open to God because he knows all things that we say, do, and think. And so we have a choice, don't we? We have a choice to worship God who is worthy of our worship. And we have a choice to think about Christ who came and died and gave his life for us and paid the ransom for our sin and that prompts us to choose whether or not we will choose Jesus or not. But a choice has to be made nonetheless. We're all going to appear before that judgment seat. I think about the words of Paul. Brother Lynn mentioned this this morning. And uh, the words of Paul to, to the, in the midst of the Areopagus there in, in Athens. And what he had to say to the people there about God. And then he concludes what he has to say there. or At least Luke records it for us in verse number 30. Where Paul tells those people, truly, these times of ignorance, God overlooked. But now he commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day. He has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. And he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. Yes, the power of God raised Jesus from the dead. And that same God who raised Jesus from the dead is the same God who gives us a choice of whether or not to serve and obey Him or not. But there's a day coming, my friend, and the choice has to be made. And it better be made before that day. Now, one thing the Bible doesn't make clear is exactly when that day is going to be. That day is coming, but we don't know when. And so it's time today to make a choice. It's time today to choose to be right with God. The price has been paid And all the information we need in order to know how to be saved. It's all been given to us. In a way that we can piece together and we can understand. And we look at example after example after example through the book of Acts in the New Testament. And we can see exactly whatever they did to be saved is exactly what we can do to be saved. And so you have a choice tonight. A choice every day of your life. But tonight if you're outside of Christ. Isn't this a great night to choose To be in Christ. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am He, you're going to die in your sins. John chapter 8 and verse 24. Jesus says, you need to repent of sin in your life. You're going to repent or you're going to perish. Luke 13 and and verse 3 and again verse 5. You need to be willing to confess with your mouth your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. As that man from Ethiopia was asked by Philip, do you believe that Jesus is the the Son of God? And he said, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Acts chapter 8 and verse 37. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. You see, you don't have to take my word for it. I'm just saying what the Bible says. But it says, my friend, that you have to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Acts 2 verse 38. He commanded all of them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So you have a choice to make, whether or not to be in Christ or outside of Christ. And for those who are Christians sitting here tonight, which is a lot of us, I understand, we still have a choice, don't we, every day to remain faithful. And we've been reminded even of the, in this day of someone who has chosen not. What will you choose? Will you choose to remain faithful? To receive the crown of life? Let's choose to remain faithful. Tonight, if you have any questions, if there's anything amiss in your life, and you need to come forward to become a Christian, or you need to come forward and repent of something in your life, I want to ask you the question that Brother Tedley asks. Where will you spend eternity? What will your answer be? Where will you Will you spend eternity? I hope that question will weigh heavy on your mind as we stand and as we sing this song together. If you need to respond, the Lord's invitation is open. Won't you come while we stand and sing?
1: Someday you'll stand at the bar on high. Someday your record you'll see. Someday you'll answer the question of life. Oh, what will your answer be? What will it be? What will it be? Where will you spend your eternity? What will it be? Oh, what will it be? What will your answer be? Sadly, you'll stand if you're unprepared. Trembling, you'll fall on your knees. Of life or of death, what will that sentence? Be?
4: Something that we've done for the last couple of months is have an evangelism moment. This morning was a little crowded during the announcements, but we want to have that now. Both of them come, I want to share with you two words, both of them come from Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 and verse 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. Then in Acts 20, in verse 35, Paul reminding the Ephesian elders, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Two words, helpful and blessed. Paul was helpful wherever he went, and he was helpful by preaching and teaching the gospel in public or in privately in homes. We all, as Christians, have received the biggest gift of all, salvation through Jesus Christ. And even though we have been the recipient, Jesus said we would be even more blessed to give that to someone else. I hope we'll think about this week as we go about, whether publicly or house to house, may we share what we have and be more blessed I saw a saying this week, and I'll close with that. We make a living by what we do. We make a life by what we give.
0: It's been a, it's been a great day. It's been a tough day. Pray for our shepherds these men who love us and love our souls. They love each one in the congregation. They've shown their love to those who are outside and lost. Please continue to keep them in your prayers. Thank them for what they do. Pray for our brother Steve. We love him and we miss him. And we pray that changes will be made before it's everlastingly too late. The, the West Side family, I appreciate Will saying this in his prayer, the West Side family is a special group. And, uh, and each of you know that who so are part of this family. And again, this week we have to say goodbye uh, to, to a special uh, couple. Uh, we love we love you, Bob and Darby. And you've uh, I, I tell people that those men who have served as elders, they deserve everything they're given. That is a special, special thing. And Brother Bob faithfully served this congregation as an elder for a number of years, and uh, and, and we appreciate the sacrifices that you've made for this congregation. And Miss Darby, for what you've done uh, in so many different areas, uh, we are so thankful for you, and we are going to miss you. So uh, please, please give Bob and Darby a hug before, uh, before they leave tonight. They're leaving town on Tuesday, my understanding. And our prayers go with you. And we know, again, as was said, you'll be an asset wherever you are. I want to close tonight with this, this song, Heaven Holds All to Me. I hope that as we go about our days, that we will we'll be able to truly uh, mean what we sing. I ask you, does heaven really hold all to you? What are we holding on to that doesn't help us get to heaven? And will we let go of that? Does heaven really hold all to me? Those uh, in, the, in the, the Hebrews writer said in Hebrews 11 and verse 16, of Abraham and Sarah and those patriarchs of old, If they had brought to mind that country from which they had come, they might have returned. But they were not calling to mind where they had come from. They were thinking about a better, that is, a heavenly country. Heaven holds all to me. After the singing of this song, we'll be dismissed in prayer. Heaven holds all to me. Earth holds no treasures but
1: perish with using however precious they be yet there's a country to which i am going
5: to you in prayer at this hour to tell you how much we love you, Lord God, how much we're so blessed, so thankful to be here at this church building to worship the truth in songs and spirit, Lord, and to be able to to show you how much we love you. Lord God, help us every day that we strive to to have your son, Jesus, the reflection of him living in us, Lord God. Lord God, one of these days, our main goal is to be able to be in heaven with you. And Lord God, help us to to learn and to be able to show others of what us Christians are supposed to be like, how we're supposed to live our life faithfully, Lord. Lord God, I pray for everyone that's on this prayer list. Please be with them. Lord God, you know everyone's needs and, and health-wise. Lord God, I just pray for everyone that's on the prayer list. And Lord God, I just pray for our, our elders, Brother Terry and Brother Lynn, all the hard work that they put in overseeing our church. Lord God, we pray for our strength and And we love them so much. Lord God, we just let us go through this day and have a wonderful week and keep us safe. Forgive us when we do fall short in Christ's name. Amen.